Apple removes a whole lot of apps from the App Store, and the bias against Apple Pay by some retailers. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Dispatch, our weekly newsletter to keep you up on all the latest from Mac Voices. Watch or listen to Mac Voices straight from your email client. Sign up at macvoices.com slash newsletter and stay up to date. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel takes a hard look at why Apple removed a whole lot of apps from the App Store for reasons, some good, maybe some not so good. You can decide. We also touch on the bias against Apple Pay and examine Warren Buffett's sale of TSMC stock. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. So let's move on. This is sort of a combination of stories. And I know it's going to light Jim up. Excuse me, James. It's going to light James up. Um, but Engadget reports that Apple rejected 1,679,694 App Store submissions in 2022, which is kind of staggering. Oh, Apple reported that. Well, okay. Apple reported it. But, you know, I mean, they. I mean, it was all. It was in their transparency report and yeah, all kinds so, of media reported it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. And then in combination with that on, on Apple Must, um, App Store revenue of small de- developers grew by, um, mm-hmm. what, 7.1 in two years. <clears throat> Excuse me. 7.1, what million is it? Got to click the link. Let's see, but I guess the point is, you know, we've, we've had a number of... 71%. 71%, excuse me. We, we've had a lot of discussions here about what Apple does and doesn't do for developers and what the App Store does and doesn't do. I don't care if you take that that 1,679,000 and have it. That's a lot of applications that had to be reviewed. Now, they probably there were probably duplicates or multiple submissions in there, but that's still a lot of things to look at that got rejected, mm-hmm. not counting the ones that got through. Ben, I see you shaking your head. Do you are are you with me on that? Oh yeah. I mean, we don't. I mean, that with those rejections, we don't know why those were all rejected. It's not exactly brought. It's not exactly in categories. But I mean, in there, you're going to see malicious apps, uh, maybe apps that Apple just didn't think made the cut, uh, apps that didn't quite follow all the guidelines and had to go back, fix some things and resubmit. But that's, I mean, if you if people are thinking Apple's monitors are doing nothing, they had quite the load, the, uh, they, they had quite the work amount on their plate. All right. So with the timing on this, how many of these apps that Apple says they removed, not, not the ones that were, rejected during a review phase but were re- just removed how many of those fall in the category of uh of old apps abandoned apps um you know, because apple is saying look if an app has been updated in x amount of time we're starting to purge all that stuff from the app store mm-hmm. which which actually means a lot of sticker packs disappeared from the app store including mine because there was never any need to update the sticker pack. So uh, 
as weird as it sounds, I've run into people who are pissed off because they lost access to sticker packs they were using. <laughs> but but my point, where, where I'm going with this is how many of, of the apps that Apple purged out were bad apps, problem apps, or were just old things? That's the billion-dollar question. Yeah, according to according to the article, submissions can and these are it says submissions last year, not existing. It says submissions. Mm-hmm. Submissions can include updates to existing apps, not just new releases. Okay, I thought there was a a figure in there about just yeah number of apps removed. Right, Apple also removed one hundred eighty five thousand one hundred one hundred eighty six thousand one hundred ninety five apps removed from the App Store. They fielded 1,474 takedown requests, with the vast majority coming from mainland China. And a distant second was India with 14 requests. Wow. Mainland so, China is kind of uptight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a new development. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking yeah. news. Mainland China. They're uptight. <laughs> yeah. I, j- I just felt like this was important to, you know, in, in light of our discussions about, you know, what Apple does and doesn't do. And some of the, you know, we, we hear the stories of developers who are, you know, pitching a fit, and, and perhaps rightly so. But when you start looking at these kind of numbers, um, you know, is it, any, is it any wonder that maybe some issues arise in different places? And then the other one was the revenue climb between 2020 to 2022, 71% for quote-unquote small developers. So somebody's making some money. There was a lot of questions on the developer sphere, whatever you want to call that, about what that meant. And, you know, there were a lot of small developers that was like, well, you know, it ain't me. Where's you know, who are these small developers that Apple is talking about? M- my and, guess is that it's more small developers, not small yeah. developers making more money. According to the article, what is a small developer? For its work, analysis group defines this as those who have under a million a million annual downloads and earn up to one million a year. Up to. Mm-hmm. So. In Apple numbers, I guess that would be small. I, I'd be pretty satisfied with up to a million dollars a year. Yeah. I'd be happy with half of that. <laughs> I'll take a hundred k. Well, you know, I you know, I think there's a, a huge percentage of uh, developer accounts with revenue less than a hundred dollars, which is how much it costs to stay develop, stay you know to to pay for the developer program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't disagree so, with that, Jim. But well, you know, I, I know that's true. Yeah, but at the same time... I, I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting some sort of moral judgment on it. I'm just stating it. It's, oops. you know, it's a fact. It, there's a very, you know, it's it's not like you can't take the number and divide it. Um. There's, you know, a small number that are, you know, making the larger amounts and a very large number that are making little to nothing. And, you know, a lot of people aren't doing much of anything to, you know, you know, that's true. You know, that's true of any kind of businesses. 
you took the words right out of my mouth because I'm thinking, okay, we're talking about the app store right now, but out in the general market for, for Mac apps, it's the same situation mm-hmm. that, you know, there are certain apps that make a lot more money. There's then there's what I would consider a second tier that are really good apps that they make a, a fair amount of money. And then there are the little, the, the smaller apps that may have very, very specific use cases and therefore don't have a big market and therefore aren't making the money. That doesn't mean they're bad apps by any means. In fact, I probably rely on, you know, a dozen or two of those apps, but you know, they just aren't going to be major, major draws, no matter what you do to them. I'm, see, I'm seeing a lot of head shaking, which is good, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess everybody agrees with me. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one's a follow-up um, to something we discussed uh, one or two shows ago. I'm, I'm kind of off because of missing last week that it just seems like things are so weird. Um, you just posted the same link. I as just before. posted the same link. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I knew that looked familiar. This was a follow-up uh, again to the to the Apple Pay discussions we've had. That yes, Kroger Kroger's accepting, but Walmart is still resisting. Doctor, I knew there a, was a reason I never go to Walmart. Well, is this is this a surprise to anybody? No, not at all. No, no. are they are they still pushing their own digital currency? Oh, solution? oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are they? Wait, I thought currency. I thought currency, I thought currency was dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, cur- well, currency is dead, but they have Walmart Pay. Walmart yeah. Pay. Yeah. Oh. Chad, frankly, I, mean, I just saved you from a really big edit. <laughs> you should send me a fruit basket for the level of self control that I just. When we, when we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago, it was. <laughs> Oh, edit worthy. It was close. <laughs> yeah. You know, this this doesn't surprise me just because yeah. Walmart is so big right. that it, it, this almost seems like yeah, they're they're one organization that could probably have a viable alternative and and make it work. It's it's the ones that are, I mean, because if you go to Walmart, you can still use other credit cards. You just can't right. use mm-hmm. Apple Pay. I mean, the one, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, the one thing that has surprised me, we're at a point now where ninety nine percent of the POS systems out there are NFC enabled, with basically it being either very small mom and pop operations which can't afford to move to a new payment system, and Walmart. The mom and pops. They're moving in. They all have a, yeah, they, they have an iPad yeah. at their counter or right. one of the little cheapo readers that just has a spool of yeah. tape in it. Anyhow. The other so, big company that doesn't do it, I mean, they're not as big as Walmart by a long shot, but Home Depot. Oh, screw those guys. Yeah. I'll go you to know Lowe's. what? Screw those guys. Screw uh-huh. the Walmart guys. I've been in a Walmart like twice in the last 25 years well talking about the the small mom and pop shops uh tomorrow my wife and i will be going to a local farmer's market and almost Mm -hmm. every single person there has a a small little nfc reader where yeah apple pay they take android whatever the the hell that's called and 
you know, if, if there's a, if there's a digital payment there that, you know, then, you know, they, they sign up for it. All it costs them is, is a percentage of whatever the sales is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're all relatively close as far as what cut that they take. And there's no, you know, they, they don't have to worry about handling a lot of cash. They don't have to worry about the, uh, these, these companies screwing them over. Uh, they're somewhat protected against, uh, theft and uh, bad actors taking advantage of, of somebody else's services. So yeah, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just go ahead and sign up for as many of them as they could get to? Yeah, the the reason some Walmart gas stations are taking this, Apple Pay now too. Costco mm-hmm. is. Yeah, but gas stations. I just Scrap go to the gas stations. Yeah. Gas stations. And they're Costco fighting. Is? No, no, sure here. no, Jeff. Jeff, no, I mean in I'm Colorado. I, Screw the gas stations in Colorado. No, none of them are doing this. They, well, it's still it's still unusual here. Some do, some don't. You know, I, I I've only seen it in maybe five percent of gas stations, but I'm sure it's going to spread. It'll spread. I mean, slowly. Their pumps never work right. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I here it, pumps working right with the Apple Pay that is. Well, oh, when they have it, I have no problem. Yeah, I I don't know about other places, but here within the last two to three years, the vast majority of gas stations have uh, upgraded to NFC capable pumps. Yeah, I mean, granted, all the smaller gas stations have pretty much gone away, but which may have something to do with that. Yeah, but I mean. BP has been real uh, proactive in getting their pumps. Uh, same with Casey's General Store and Quickstar. Which oh my are, god, I forgot Quickstar, about Casey General Store, <laughs> which are kind of the big bigger chains around here. Circle K? Bucky's is, is Bucky's doing it now. Yeah, um, but some. Bucky's is down south. I have no idea. <laughs> we did. I've we never did seen one. Well, you did have some up here. I don't know if they still are. Um, guy, Bucky's or Stuckies? Bucky's. Bucky's. I don't know Bucky's. I know Stuckies, but I don't know Bucky's. It's an amazing place. Some of these places have There's some like eclectic stuff. A hundred or more pumps. Yeah, they have, they have. And I know this is completely off topic. They have a wall of jerky, literally. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> jerky walls. kinds of jerky. Um, <laughs> you can you can walk in and get a freshly made brisket sandwich. I mean, and by yeah. fresh, I mean like in the last hour to two hours, and it's all made right there. On if you're if you're in the south and you're going down one of the major interstates and you see a Bucky's, it's it's the it's like the Disney World of of gas stations. <laughs> it, it's, it's a really weird place. I yeah, love, I mean, I love Bucky's. Yeah. I wish there was. I wish there were a couple here in Virginia, but there isn't. Yeah, the average gas stations. C stores maybe like five thousand square feet at yeah. the very high end. Bucky's is like twenty five to thirty. It's like the size of a Walmart. Seriously, yeah. they're huge. But then a lot of these places, I think, are they're having to upgrade to the new pumps. Yeah, because you know that's what people are, people want. That's what people are using. And well, there, there's Jim saying, you know, or I think he was the one who said that's why he hasn't gone to Walmart in two years. You know, more and more people. No, are I saying, didn't say that's why. I just oh. don't go there. Period. Oh, yeah. okay. But you know, th- th- 
people want to use what they want to use. They want to do what they want to do. Yeah. See, and this is why I get on my soapbox and say, screw Kroger, screw Mm. Home Depot, screw Walmart, because they don't care about the customer. All they care about is uh, is increasing their their bottom line, and yeah. uh, by letting people use contactless payment, they are making it easy for people to get out of uh, using the store credit card or using some system that allows the uh, the retailer to capture data about the uh, the customer and. Uh, and Kroger saying yes, we support this, and we're we're on board with with Apple Pay now. No praise for them for saying they're doing that, and I'm pretty sure, based on what I'm seeing, this doesn't mean all Kroger properties. So if you shop at Fry's, if you shop at King Supers or City Market or whatever, you are not getting Apple Pay. It's only at the Kroger branded Kroger stores where where you will see it, and well, and it'll be a slow act, rollout. Actually, you know, Ralph's is a Kroger property mm-hmm. here, and they've had Apple Pay for a couple of years now. Yep, and interesting. What I can guarantee it is is Kroger had to upgrade the those point of sale systems. Uh, with and it it turned out to be cheaper to have one with NFC than without. That's honestly why a lot of the chains in the U.S. have upgraded to Apple Pay. Well, that, that doesn't it, mean they have to turn it on. Like CVS exactly. had NFC readers for yeah. a couple of years, and but they didn't turn them on. Yeah, they were. They're, they're being a holdout, just like Walmart, but then they they gave in. Well, yeah, Target was in the same boat for a long time. They they had POS that would support it, yeah. and uh, and resisted doing it. And uh, resistance is futile. Resi- it is. <laughs> yeah, you took the words out of my. And Jeff, by the way, you forgot. You know, slightly you know related, not quite on, but you forgot. Screw GM. And screw GM. That's yep. right. <laughs> Screw those guys right up their exhaust pipes. You know what? Kick them right in the catalytic converter. Screw those guys. You. <laughs> those are going to be electric. No catalytic converter. Oh, right. Screw them right in the transformer. <laughs> Kick them right in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff man. has gone straight to the dark yeah. side tonight. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's feisty tonight. He's, he's, he's trying to make me look good. Thank you, I, I'm Jeff. doing my best, Jim. Um, <laughs> no, I, I have a serious problem with uh, with yes, we know. Retailer- oh, wait, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have a serious problem. Also, I have an issue with retailers <laughs> that uh, that uh, actively resist doing things that benefit their customers like this. Jeff, you and I may disagree a little bit on this. Um, because I don't have as much of a problem in spite of my position with Apple Pay. I don't have a problem with it simply because they're not a monopoly. So I have, let's pick on CVS for a minute. CVS was not supporting Apple Pay. So I just didn't go to CVS unless I had to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I that's mean, what I, he said. Screw CV, screw them. And you well, did. That's what, he, that's what he meant by that. Yeah. yeah I meant well, screw CVS. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, I, it, 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 
you, Jim, or, uh, excuse me, guys comment about the farmer's market. You know, yeah, it costs them a small percentage. Well, when you get into Walmart sizes organizations, that small percentage is a whole lot of money. And so I get it, you know, now. Yeah, but they're, they have different deals. When oh, you're sure. And, and, and it, it's, it's not only that, but remember that you know, Walmart gets special deals, which allows them to keep their prices low. But at the same time, because there is so much competition in big box retailers, they also have to keep their uh, margins very low. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and believe me, I am not trying to make an excuse for Walmart, but I can understand why they're resistant to a one to 2% fee going back to other companies. Uh, for stuff that you purchase through Walmart. I mean, I I get why they're reluctant to do it. It doesn't really give them an excuse as to why, because any any type of payment system that is safe for both parties is a payment system worth having. Because mm-hmm. then you have... I, have I don't less, think it, it costs less Walmart... Loss. One or two percent. The fee is not one or two percent. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Using whatever, some of the credit card. You know what? What it is is that Walmart wants your. You know, they want to be able to track you. That's really mm-hmm. what it is. I think. I. I don't think there's a difference in the, you know, significant difference in the cost, even at Walmart scale. But if you use Apple Pay, Walmart can't track you. Yep. Um. They. They. They want to be able to know exactly what you bought when. And, and over time, yes, and it's, it's just like it's just like Facebook tracking you with cookies. So, um, Chuck, yeah, Jeff. you said um, um, it's not like these uh, these companies have a monopoly. You can go to different retailers. That's true for us, but there are parts of the country where a big retailer like Walmart might be literally the yeah. only shop in town point taken yeah yeah good point yeah n- not only the only shop in town might be the only shop in three counties right and and in situations like that you don't have the option of saying i'll just go to the place that's, that has apple pay i'll just go over to whole foods or whatever but even so you still have the option of using and I'm defending Walmart. I don't know why, but you have the option of using other credit cards. You don't have to use Walmart's credit card. That's true. But you the know, point you, here is that even if Walmart you use can another do something card. that makes this this uh, safer and more secure for us at the transaction point, and they intentionally choose not to because they care more about their own bottom line and tracking us than they do about uh, treating us as valuable customers. The tracking thing, you know, we've, we've talked about this. It seems like on and off all the time. And the, but the more I read Jeff, the more I have the impression that a lot of people are making a lot of money that is just going very, very quietly undisclosed and you know we we were talk we've talked about GM and their decision to not use CarPlay, and to to try to drive a subscription model, but also to obtain data on their customers. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder just how much money is made off of of any one of us for our respective transactions during a given day, week, month, year. As a data packet for retailers, 
each of us is worth a uh, a metric bucket load. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 this seems to be something that sort of happened over time and that nobody was really paying attention to. I mean, it's kind of like I know I know we we've talked about the check-ins that you used to do on social media, you know, so you could become mayor of your local pizza store. And times, yeah. and not yeah, and not realizing that basically you're just broadcasting that I buy a lot of pizza, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. that information gets sold to uh, to advertisers, and the next thing you know, you're seeing uh, pizza ads and pizza discounts pop up in your feeds and your news and everywhere you're, else. Yeah, your twenty percent coupons videos. from Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, use those real quick, folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's too that's, late. That ship has sailed. Oh, <laughs> um. So let's go to something a little more tech oriented. <laughs> I'm not sure how exactly we got there. Um, this is not exactly news, but because we were off last week. But Warren Buffett has sold all of his shares, not some, all of his shares in TSMC. Yeah, wow! Mm-hmm. That that is. Did something. anybody else find? Well, did anybody else find that just a little scary? Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, regardless of what might be happening with TSMC and with anything about stability where they are, just the fact that someone that has the high profile of Warren Buffett and has uh, like gobs of stock in specific companies and then Mm -hmm. just dumps it all at once. That's got to hurt for whoever he does that to, because when Warren Buffett, regardless of what you think about him as a person, when Warren Buffett says, I'm out of this company, then, uh, then trust in that company has now been damaged. Yeah. What did, did, did that change TSMC's? Have an effect on their price? I I hadn't tracked that. Did he have enough to? I hadn't heard anything about. Well, just the fact that Warren Buffett sells all of anything, you know. Well, but we don't know how much he had. You know, we don't know how much of his position that is, and we don't know how, you know, whether that was a significant position. You know. I I guess I looked at this though, and it, it as important as TSMC is to the global information economy. And and global tech economy, the fact that he would get out of it completely, I'm not sure it says as much about TSMC as as a company as it does about the uh, the Taiwan China situation. Or maybe Warren Buffett is just bet crazy. Well, <laughs> I don't have a Bloomberg well, account, so I can't when, look when, at the data about what he. Uh, when what you posted this was. on on the Slack, you said that he said he did it because he was worried about. The security, or you know, I don't know. I, I, I should go back and look at what you said. Um, and I know I remember if that's the case, you know, to me, it seems like, you know, what, why doesn't he sell all of his Apple stock? Um, you know, those are completely t- tightly tied. If TMC, you know, is no longer able to deliver chips, then a- Apple is out of business, or they're, they're the only, um, a three nanometer game in town, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> they will be. 
Yeah. There is no yeah, three I nanometer had, game yet. But uh yeah, I had Go ahead. I have two competing thoughts on this. I mean, number one, there is definitely the ever constant uh, threat of that of a conflict happening between uh, the two political divisions of China, with uh, Taiwan. Uh, officially calling themselves part of China, but not part of the CCP. Um, the other part about it, I I have to wonder if he's kind of using this stock as kind of a way to push uh, TMC more towards those Arizona plants. They have shown a little bit of uh, hesitation when it comes to building those U.S. fabs. I don't know. Does TSMC really care whether Warren Buffett owns any of their stock or not? If it affects their stock value, yeah. Right, but yeah. has that happened? I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think it has. I haven't. Let's see if we can. Well, I, I mean, mean it, it basically... If if Warren Buffett dumps uh, somebody in the chat says four billion dollars worth of stock, um, does that mean that TCM T, uh, TS? God darn it, TSMC. There we go. Now is less viable as as a company because I mean all of the stock is stock that. TSMC put out to help fund and, and grow their company. And once the stock is purchased, TSMC doesn't really get anything else back from it except for consumer confidence and stockholder confidence. Well, well I decided I'd go look at their stock because yeah, why I'm not? looking at it, it's up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's dropping now, but it's up compared to where it was when uh, Buffett sold. Like, it yeah. jumped up pretty fast um, right after the 15th when the news of, of his sale happened. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, TSMC, probably sent him a fruit basket. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for making it so we don't have to worry about you in stockholder meetings anymore. Appreciate right. You. It just feels like if, if the management of TSMC is not looking at the Arizona fabs a, a lot to diversify their geographic locations, I mean, that seems awfully short-sighted. I, I, I would be shocked if they, if they weren't doing something, not just in, in the U.S., but in India, in Vietnam, you know, moving they away are. from. Well, yeah, I, they are doing yeah, that. But, but more, I mean, you know, trying to, trying to get some of these things geographically diversified so that if Taiwan were to fall, they wouldn't be just quite well, completely holding the bag. Remember that, that these fabs can take years to build. And even after right. they're built, it can take years before they have a viable, a viable product coming out the door. So, and, and from what I've seen, there's there's no consideration of the Arizona Fabs getting the latest, like you know, three and five millimeter technology. It's going to yeah. be older, older and stuff. The, and the number of people that you need, the number of qualified people that you need 
to run a fab is is tremendous. So wherever it is, you know, you can you can go to the middle of the desert and build a fab if you want. But if mm-hmm. if there's no one qualified who's going to run it to run it, then okay, what are you going to build there? I don't have an answer, guy. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's like any other business that has to get up to speed. It's like these huge mega plants that they have in China with 400,000 people and people screaming here in the U.S., well, why didn't they build that in, you know, Chicago or Akron or, you know, wherever? It was like because there's not 400,000 people there that can just pick up and and – Start working at a at a huge mega plant like that, or or would you uh, there's also all the other suppliers, town? the network yeah. of suppliers, and, and transportation yeah. costs, and and all the rest of it. You know, it, it's yeah. you know for a long time the U.S. was kind of the king of that, and mm-hmm. we had the infrastructure built up to handle it, and we just don't have that anymore. So, and and of course, getting qualified engineers and and all the rest of that to to maintain huge mega plants like that it's mm-hmm. it's just not there and you can't you can't just build something and say well they'll come you know this isn't field of dreams it just doesn't work like that so you have companies that you know that companies that come in and say you know and people in congress saying well you know we'll give you these tax breaks and and all the rest of that to to build a a, a 4 billion dollar factory to make widgets doing whatever but if there's nobody close to where that factory is going to be built that can work there, then it doesn't matter. And they're just throwing uh, bad money after bad. I.e. the uh, Foxconn television uh, plan. plan that never got in Wisconsin. Yep. yep. Who's going to run it? Who's going to work there? Well, it well, looks like that was just no a scam to, to defraud Wisconsin I don't taxpayers. believe so. Um, I mean, looking further into kind of the TMM TSMC. Now I'm doing it. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's like concerns <laughs> into this. Can it be something simple, please? Just, just yeah. make it that much simpler, please. It's wrong. Uh, I mean, they do have cult, some cultural concerns in the workforce. That I mean. Taiwan and China, since they do share a culture, mm-hmm. uh, kind of them going into there, there was a lot. I mean, you know, things didn't quite get lost in translation as much. Here, I mean, if they were to go into an American, uh, build an American plant and expect it to be run exactly like the ones that they would have in uh taiwan and china that's going to be a little bit more difficult i mean we we have i mean we pay more in this country um due to inflation we tend to be kind of more individualist opposed to more kind of working as a whole um, there's, I mean, not to say either is better than the other, uh, but there are definitely differences that would have to be overcome. Well, and there's, there's huge advantages to having 
you know, and and I don't know how this is going to come out sounding, but mm-hmm. there, there are advantages in a case like that with manufacturing where you have uh, a, a single a single culture as compared to uh, multiculturalism that exists in Europe and and the United States and Canada and parts of Central South America. It just it's it's a it's a completely different mindset in Asia. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, it's not necessarily good or worse it's just different i mean the other thing we in especially in north america have gravitated more towards a services uh workforce rather than a manufacturing workforce yep so we would have to restart that manufacturing start putting more money to engineering and getting people to do engineering and math and and the rest of that yeah. instead of you know dance theory and history and english and and you know a lot of the the degrees that the kids are going to school for today and coming out and not being able to find any work and the other thing is a lot of the us plants tend to be farther behind uh, like the ibm plants the intel plants um they the workforce would ha- also have to be existing semiconductor workforce would have to be brought up to speed to modern semiconductor manufacturing techniques. If you want to, if you want to learn more about kind of how we got here, um, th- there's a book I, I recommended uh, on the Mac show on the British Tech Network called Chip War um, by Chris Miller. And I'll throw a link. I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes, folks. But it is it is a really good read because there, there are times you wake up, you think, how did we wake up and get to this this point? And this walks you through it and explains not just the history of chip development, but also you know chip manufacturing and who did what, how and when. And it is it's 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 not too deep in the technical stuff. It just is it 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 goes in there a little bit, but it also keeps okay. things at a high enough level you can keep track of. So, really, really good book. This Mac Voices panel is back next time to talk about a new problem for Apple in France, a large fine for Facebook that starts with a B, and the sad state of a TikTok ban in Montana. That's next time on Mac Voices. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.